Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi. Recorded Wednesday evening, June 28, 2023. The song special for this service is by Jonathan Carr singing Why Should I Worry? Pastor Dan Carr Sr. brings us our sermon this evening, which is titled, A Willingness to Go Out of Our Way, and is from the text of Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 through 48, and James chapter 4 verse 17. We hope that this evening's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Out on the water, storm rages high. The water around them was troubled that night. And fear filled their heart. They thought they would die, but they failed to remember the Master was nigh when he spoke the stood still and even the water obeyed his will he calmed their storm just like you mine if I just remember he lives deep inside so why should I
can say if uh, you come to church and maybe you didn't get a thing out of the message, well, I got something out of that song tonight. Yeah, I really did. The Lord ministered to our hearts in song. Our son Josh, he came to the youth conference. He comes and helps to take care of the speakers and the logistics of the airport and back in the hotel room to the church. But I don't know the whole story, but when he got back, there was a, a young lady there in the apartment complex where he stayed had asked him something and where he had been, and he told her. And anyway, she got saved. And uh, she said, I just can't make the church service. And uh, so uh, anyway, they had a Bible study just a while ago. That was a note my wife gave me. He called me and asked him about it. And I said, uh, you know, he already knew it. I said, just give him the gospel. And, and he did. He had eight get saved. Uh, isn't that exciting? And uh, that's, uh, I see y'all excited about that, okay? I think that's great, amen? I praise the Lord uh, for that. Matthew chapter 5, uh, Matthew chapter number 5. Very familiar text tonight. And uh, the gospel of Matthew uh, chapter number 5. I don't think anybody will be exempt tonight. I think all of us will be challenged. You know, there's different kinds of uh, messages. Uh, Brother Brown one time was in a meeting and that's uh, this having two speakers. And uh, what the first one preached, kind of like we're doing the Beams Conference, the Youth Conference. And, and they had a break and you know, different ones going to the restroom. And, and uh, so uh, this preacher had preached a message. I mean, he's preaching against homosexuality and, and you know, there's all of that kind of stuff. And people were waving their Bibles and shouting and all of that. And so uh, one preacher said to another preacher, uh, when they was in the restroom, he said, man, that was some hard preaching tonight, wasn't it? And uh, Brother Brown said to that other preacher, he said, you thought that was hard preaching? He said, how many homosexuals do you think was in the room tonight? And uh, he said, uh, he said, you thought that was hard preaching? He said, probably nobody in the room. He, and he and brother, you'd have to know Jim Brown. You'd have to know him. He said, let me tell you hard preaching. Love your, love your, uh, love your enemies. That's hard preaching. You, you know what I'm saying? And I, certain things we could preach. We're shout, raise the mouth. But I'm going to preach where we live tonight. I'm going to preach where you are tonight. Where I'm at. Okay, this is going to be hard preaching tonight. Extremely hard. Okay, we're going to take the... the the cat won't even be left when we get done skinning him, okay? You want to be no cat? You want to find a cat tonight. And you say, I'm just no, I'm not ready for that kind of message tonight. You showed up. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? It ain't going to be what you think. It's going to be challenges, what it's really going to be. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Let's stand tonight. Matthew chapter number 5. You preached on rock music tonight. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't. I'd shout, I don't listen to it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know alcohol, woo, I don't drink. Pornography, I don't look at pornography, you know. And uh, But this is where I live. This is this is Pastor Carr. This is for, not a soul in the room, this is for me tonight. Look at Matthew 5, 38. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. That's hard preaching. That's tough preaching right there. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy cloak, let him have thy cloak also. That's hard preaching. Oh, it's easy to read it, but man, you go apply it. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. 
give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's hard preaching. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Now the publicans back, you know, the Lord said, those were the heathen people. I mean, if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Father, we love you. God, I pray you'd help us now in these next few minutes. God, that you would meet with us. We're needy people. And so, Father, we're going to preach. I think where a lot of us live tonight. And I pray you'd help us. And, Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Appreciate your, appreciate your patience. I want you to uh, look at verse 41. We've used this several times through the years. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, uh, go with him twain. Brother Riddick preached that often uh, in, in other churches. Uh, he, he titled it the second mile Christian. Tremendous. I think it was probably, I don't know if it's the best sermon that I enjoyed that he preached, but it was definitely uh, at the top three, probably for me, that he had ever preached. I, he titled it the second mile Christian. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. You know the story. In the Bible day, they tell us that uh, it was the law that if a Roman soldier was, you know, had all this gear and he was walking and there was a Jew there and he could tell the, the, the Jew, hey, I want you to come because they was, uh, uh, Rome had uh, occupied Israel and uh, had taken over the area there and, and, uh, and he could say to the to Jew, hey, I, I need your help. I want you to come in and help tote my gear. Uh, tote my sword, tote my helmet, and uh, tote my armor. And it was the law that he had to do it for at least one mile. Then after that, he could drop it and say, tote your own stuff. <laughs> I'm out of here. You know, and spit and walk away. Uh, but he was, uh, it was by law that he was supposed to uh, carry the mouth. So this, what they tell me, is what Jesus is referring to. That whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile. Jesus is saying, don't just do that mile that is commanded or demanded. I want you to go that second mile. You see that? Now that's hard preaching. Are you with me tonight? That, that's tough preaching right there. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Now I want you to keep that thought in mind and just, just to give you another verse and uh, go to James chapter 4. It, just in case somebody wants to debate that, you know, that doesn't apply to us today. And, and, but go to James chapter number 4 and uh, so I'm going to use that for my text. Whosoever shall compel compel thee to go a mile, uh, go with him twain. Uh, look with me in James chapter number 4 quickly tonight and look at verse 17. The Bible says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him uh, it is sin. I want to preach to you on the subject tonight a willingness, a willingness to go out of your way. A willingness 
to go out of your way. Sometimes uh, I'll get a call and, and somebody will say something like this to me. You know, you know, preacher, now if you're in the area, you know, uh, I, I don't want you to go out of your way. And now on their side of that, I I, I appreciate that, that, you know, being considerate and, and thinking of me and, and, and thinking of my time and, and things of that nature. And I, and I get that, that, that part of it tonight. But if you're going to be in the ministry and if you're going to serve the Lord, I, I'm telling nearly all of it, all of it nearly is connected with a willingness to be willing to go out of your way. If, if not, if you don't have that spirit, the ministry is not for you. I'm just telling you, you know, there, there has to be a, a willingness to uh, to be inconvenient, okay, and uh, a willingness to go out of your way. I don't, I don't want to be any uh, inconvenience, okay, and, and I fear that what we have is that we have this spirit of, you know, that, that everybody's pretty, you know, on board as long as it's convenient, but we're, we're preaching a, uh, a text tonight that says if he compels you to go a mile, uh, I want you to go twain. That, that second mile, I'm telling you, was not convenient. You with me tonight? was not convenient to go uh, that second mile. And I think uh, there's a lot of things that the Lord is teaching us in these verses. But one of the lessons I think Jesus is teaching the New Testament Christian is that there needs to be a willingness on our part to be inconvenient. To, to be inconvenient. The word inconvenient means that which gives trouble or uneasiness. And there's just, uh, I just think there's this spirit of, uh, of not being willing to, to go out of our way. And, and I think we need to uh, deal with that and look at that in, in, in our lives. Uh, God asked Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17 to, uh, uh, to take a girdle, put it on, and, and not like you ladies may would think, and, uh, uh, but then to take it and go about 250 miles and then bury it and then go back later and dig it back up. You ever thought about that story? You know, uh, of the inconvenience of going 250 miles to bury a girdle for God could make an illustration to Israel? Jeremiah had to be willing to be inconvenient. I think about in the book of uh, uh, the book of Ezekiel, amazing story. I wanted to read it, but saving time, I was going to tell it to you. You can read it tonight or tomorrow. Uh, just read the whole chapter there. And God asks Ezekiel a lot of very strange things. Can I get some help there? When you read that chapter, you're probably calling me tomorrow. And uh, but I, I'm telling, it is amazing uh, uh, what he told him to eat. And he said, "Whoa, time out here." Just read the chapter. It, it, it'll, it, it'll, it'll make you study your Bible a little bit. And, uh, but anyway, he told Ezekiel, I want you to lay on one side uh, 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 for 390 days. And then, uh, you ever thought about laying on the same side for 390 days? I don't know about you at night, uh, but me and my wife, we've been married so long, we can toss and turn in, in, in just perfect. <laughs> We got it nailed down. Okay, I don't know how many couples have it nailed, but I just somehow it just seems to work out perfect for us. But no more starting this side, turn this side, turn this side. And uh, but he told Ezekiel for 390 days. That's over a year. I just want you to stay on this side. And then uh, for 40, uh, uh, for 40, not, did I say 390 years? 390 days. Okay. No wonder you're looking at me fine. It's like, man, I didn't know Ezekiel lived that long. And uh, 390 days, that's still a long time. And then 40 days on the other side. You ever think about it? I, I know that's a simple illustration, but the willingness to be inconvenient. 
the, the willingness to be inconvenient. Uh, let me give you some areas that, uh, uh, that, that it would be good to find this spirit of uh, this willingness to, to go out of our way in our marriage. In our marriage, our, a willingness to, to go out of our way uh, for our mates. In, in, in our home, a, 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 a willingness to go out of the way. I'm going to tell you who has a lot of this nailed down tonight, uh, probably as much as anybody in the room, that is wives and mothers. Wives and mothers. I, I'm telling you, in, in our family, I, and this may sort of ruckus in, in our family and, and all of this, but I'm just telling you, there's somebody that, that, that gets the trophy in this area in my family tonight is my wife. Yeah. It's not an argument. It's not a debate. And, uh, you know, she's just that willingness uh, to go out of the way for me. She's got me way beat in this area. Uh, she's always going out of the way. I've asked her, uh, I think, yesterday. I'm always asking her stuff to do. And, uh, uh, and she helps me tremendously. And a lot of it is not convenient to do it. And uh, I know she does it with the children uh, way more th than I do and, uh, and, and the grandchildren. And, but mothers in this room, they, they get this. They understand this. And, uh, uh, you know, if it's going to come to the church, and it's going to be good that we're willing to, you know, to go out of our way, maybe even to shake a hand, uh, maybe to uh, teach a class. And I'm just telling you, just about, it's going to touch every nearly area of our life. What would a church look like with uh, just maybe a remnant of people who were willing to, to go out of their way? And uh, what would that look like? What would that feel like. Man, I think it meant you could just turn a city upside down. You, you could turn a country upside down uh, with the people that are willing to go out of their way. Yeah. We're living in a Christianity. If it's, you know, if it's on my way and it doesn't cost me any convenience, I'm all in. But if it's going to cost me to uh, uh, be inconvenient, then I don't count me in. That is the spirit today. Now, why, what would cause a person to, uh, to be willing to go out of their way for uh, someone else or for the, you know, for the Lord? Well, what would cause that? Number one, a desire to do what Christ commands. A desire to do what Christ commands. And uh, it's, it's amazing how many verses are in the Bible that never get a hold of us, that we kind of ignore, we kind of brush off. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, uh, go with him twain. A desire to do what Christ commands. Number two, love would cause you to do that. Love would cause a, a person, uh, a mother, cause that love she has for her children or uh, grandchildren. But love would cause a person a, a willingness to go out of the way. You think about a mother and you think about a, chick, a sick child. And think about it storming and it's raining and it's, you know, it's uh, dangerous and, and the child needs some medicine. I, and I know the dead would be willing to go, but a lot of times I'm telling you, a mother will set up all night and she'll rock that baby and she'll inconvenience herself. And, and, and take care of that baby. Not I'm saying that daddy wouldn't, but I'm just saying it just seems to kind of be a natural thing for a mother to be willing to go out of her way for her sick child. The women and I, this mother loves her children. Now, I'm not saying those daddies don't, okay? I'm just illustrating, but love. Uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, charity suffereth long and is kind. It says, uh, uh, it beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, uh, endureth all things. By the way, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm glad we got a Savior that was willing to go out of his way. And what motivated that was that he loved you and me. Yeah. Yeah. 
He was willing to go out of his way and go to Calvary. In uh, Matthew chapter 16 tonight, you don't have to turn. I'm trying to get out of that. I'm trying to, I'm, I, I said I'm going to start working and trying to stop turn, telling you to turn to so many places. Uh, but in Matthew 16 and, and 24, if any man will uh, come after me, let him deny himself. One of the key elements of, uh, of the Christian life is a willingness to deny yourself. And, and that's what it is. That's, what it, that's kind of what this root is. When, when you're willing to go out of your way, it is an element there that you're denying yourself. Amen. And boy, when we get an opportunity to do that, that is a good thing. Yeah. To deny ourselves. It, it is unselfishness. A willingness to, to go out of your way. It, it is being unselfish. And, and that is one of the keys to the Christian life. One, one of the keys is being unselfish. Would you agree with this? We have a lot of selfishness. We're all in if it's convenient. So if, you know, if it's convenient, I'm all in, preacher. Philippians 2, it says, uh, Fulfill uh, ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being a born according of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Watch this. A understanding that someone may have went out of their way for you at some time. You know, I can preach this and say this. There's a room full of people in this room that I will not call who I know have been willing to go out of their way for me. I've got people in this room right now, there's not a doubt in my mind that if I had a need and they knew it, they, they, would, go, they, would, they would go out of their way. I mean, tonight church is over and, you know, you want to go home and, and get to bed as fast as you can. But if I said, hey, man, I, I need some help here. Could, could somebody help me, please? And I was weeping. And I really need something. I mean, it was real. I think there's a good group of people that say, I'm in, preacher. But well, three of you are in. Okay. I, I think I have a little more than that. All right. And uh, uh, but look, man, in your life. You can point to people who you know that have went out of their way for you. You have some of those in your life. And, uh, and, and because of that, you and I, now it's our turn. And we need to be willing to go out of our way for somebody else. That, that ought to be fair enough, right? I'm looking for Philemon while I'm talking to you. In the book of Philemon, listen to what Paul said to him. In, uh, in Philemon, in, in verse 18... If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee ought, put that on my uh, account, okay? Uh, Onesimus, Paul is talking about. He was a runaway slave that Paul led to Christ. And, uh, and Paul writes to him and says, Now, if he hath wronged thee, uh, oweth thee ought, put that on my account. Not a period there, it continues. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it, how be it? I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. I don't think Paul was being ugly there, but Paul says, look, man, I went out of my way for you. Now you need to go out of your way for him. Isn't this the Christian life? Doesn't, doesn't this just ring true in your ears? Uh, if a man compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Uh, what would cause a person to be willing to do that quickly tonight? What are some of the effects when we are willing to go out of our way, let me tell you some of the effects that we don't need. Number one, 
Boy, how often, this is so convicting. How often have I been asked to do something and I knew it was going to cause me to go out of my way. I'm talking about primarily maybe family and that's where we fail the most sometimes and just complain the whole time. I said and complain the whole time. Or get irritated. We become very irritated. We become very frustrated. Sometimes even to degree we're angry. Paul, we have to guard from that. We have to guard from that. Who do they think they are that would ask such a thing? Okay, what are some of the effects that when you and I as Christians are, are willing to go out of our way? Number one, it shows a Christ-likeness. See, you, you and I say, I, I say you and I, I'm saying, I, I would think many here tonight would say, yes, that's what I want. I want to be Christ-like. Well, that Christ-likeness, you know, what, what's gonna, what, what does that look like? You know, when we say we want to be like Christ, we're not talking about, you know, physically. We, we want to have that spirit. We want to respond the way Christ responds. We, we want to do like Christ did. He left us an example, 1 Peter 2, that we should follow his footsteps. So what would that look like? I think one thing it would look like is a, a person who's willing to go out of their way. Amen. That's what Jesus did. It's the Christian life. Number two, it gives a good Christian witness. Brother Riddick, in that great message, he preached from that text on the second mile Christian. One of his points he would make, he would say, you know, you got this, uh, you got this Roman soldier. He, he inconvenienced this Jew to come tote his armor. He might have been working. He might have been tied up with a family vacation. He, he you know, he might have had all kinds of things going on. But this Roman soldier says, hey, Jew, come here. And the Jew walks over. He said, tote my stuff. You know, this Jew just mad and boiling on the inside. And, uh, you know, just, they had mile markers, they tell us, like we have on our interstate. And, and he knows where he started. He knows how far he got to drop it and uh, once he gets that mouth he drops that stuff and says now you tote your own stinking stuff and walks away and goes back doing what he was doing but Brother Riddick was illustrating say imagine the come here Jew boy and he comes over there and he's busy and he's working or what, whatever it might be going on in his life and now he's being inconvenient now he's got to go out of his way and tote this stuff for this Jew and Jesus said if he compels you to go a mile don't go just do the mile he said I want you to do a second mile so about the time that Roman soldier is expecting him to drop that and probably cuss him out and tell him what he really thinks about him, he keeps toting. He's all right, Jew boy, you can drop it now. You've done your duty. He says, oh, no, I'm going to tote another mile for you. And that's where the witness comes in. That's where the Christ likeness comes in. Are y'all still with me tonight? That's hard preaching. That's hard preaching right there, okay? It, it gives a good witness, a, a good Christian witness. Number three, I love this about it. It brings glory to God. Amen. So again, here's a verse. We, we read it and we sweep it over so, so quickly. Now, I'm guilty. The Bible says, whatever you do, eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Amen. Do all to the glory of God. Hey, by the way, more can be done for the work of Christ when, when you have a group of folks that are willing to go out of their way. You agree with that? 
Could you imagine having a handful of people willing to go out of their way? Oh, but listen to this. You'll, you'll love this. In John 15, the Gospel of John 15, and look at verse 11. These things have I spoken in you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I think that's where we get the most joy is when, when we kick in that second mouth. That willing. Have you ever really run out of your way for someone? And you don't know what it did for them, but it sure did a lot for you. Yeah. It brought a lot of joy to you. If you're doing it with the right spirit, that, that's what it can produce in your life it is joy. Now let me close quickly. What are some of the hindrances? What, what hinders us? We hear a message coming tonight. It's been hot. We're tired. And preacher's going to get up. So I want more out of him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling what the Bible says. I'm just telling what the Bible says. That we develop the spirit of Christ's likeness. That, that, that when we do go out of a way, that we're not complaining, we're not irritated, we're not frustrated, and, and we're showing the spirit of Christ in the marriage and, and in the home. Can you imagine how that would help our marriage and our home and our church and, and, and even in the workplace? So what, what, is, what hinders all of this? Number one, our flesh does not like it. <laughs> Let me tell you something I know about your flesh. It's just as bad as my flesh. Well, Pastor Carr, he's got good flesh. Uh, the rest of us in the church, we all got a bunch of bad flesh. But Pastor Carr, not him, buddy. No, no. Pastor Carr's got just as bad as flesh as you got. Maybe a little worse. But we all have it. Can I get a witness? Your flesh doesn't like going out of its way. It will scream. It will holler. It will want to throw a fit. It will do all of that. Listen to what Paul said. You know these verses well. For that which I do allow not. For that which I do I allow not. But what I would that do I not. But what I hate that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but that sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Now this is not an excuse not to be willing to go out of your way. This is the battle that goes with this. This is the struggle that goes between the spirit and the flesh. And, and we read Romans 6. I read it every day. And we read Romans 7. But always remember, ladies and gentlemen, there is a Romans 8. There is a Romans chapter number 8 that God has put his spirit inside of us so we can do those things that he wants us to do. The Bible says it this way. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I'm not left to do this by myself, praise the Lord. Because i got a flesh like you do that's screaming and hollering that wants nothing to do with a message like this. What are some things that hinder, number one, our flesh? Number two, our selfishness. Our selfishness. I don't know what the biggest root, you know, that we all probably struggle with, and I use the word all carefully, but most... In 2 Timothy, the Bible says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Think about that. One of the first things he mentions is the characteristics of the last days. One of the characteristics of the last days, what says, is men shall be what? Men shall be what? Lovers of who? Of their own selves. 
Man, I don't know about, we, we love ourselves. Listen to Philippians chapter number 2 and listen to this. For I have no man like-minded who would naturally care for your state, for all seek their own. Not the things which are Jesus Christ. So what hinders us? Number one, this old flesh. Number two, we become selfish. Number three, we have been burnt so many times. We have been burnt so many times as a pastor. I don't say that. This is just a minister. I'm not complaining about it. Not, not wanting to get out of it. Okay? That, fair enough? Not whining about it. None of that. I'm just illustrating. I've been burnt a lot of times. A lot of times. And I guarantee you there's some people in this room that you have been burnt. But you say, man, I, 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 went, I, 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 I went way out of my way. And uh, they burnt me, preacher. Listen to this, what Jesus said. And by the way, that's not an excuse to stop from going out of your way. I'm not going out of my way no more. I, I did that. I heard that kind of preaching and I got in and man, I done nothing but got burnt. Now, now, now you folded your hand and you stopped. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I've been burnt. Number four, they show no gratitude. You go out of your way. You go way out of your way. No gratitude. They don't even say thank you. Are you listening? Then lastly, we often think no one never goes out of their way for me. Why should I go out of my way? Nobody goes out of their way for me. Listen to what Jesus said. You know, Jesus don't miss nothing, does he? Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them. The Bible says, I'm not supposed to treat you the way you treat me. I'm supposed to treat you the way I want you to treat me. (laughs) You get that? So here's the spirit today. Well, I've been burnt. Nobody, nobody's willing to go out of the way for me. And uh, so I ain't going out of my way for anybody. That ain't Christianity. I've told the story. I'm not putting a feather in my hat, but I'm just, I'll, 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 eat, I'll have to eat this illustration. But anyway, Brother Ed was a member of our church for about 20 years or so, and his mother, his mother got cancer. Brother Ed, Brother Ed, there was a major tragedy that had happened personally in his life, and he left. Nobody knew where he went. His mother, his da- he had a daughter. He disappeared off the planet. He, he lived uh, up in Socia. He, he had a stroke, and he wound up moving down to Gulfport. Uh, two of our men was knocking doors, invited him to church. He came to church on a Sunday morning. I went and visited him Monday morning. He got saved. He became a member of the church. Uh, came... Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, became the treasure of our church. Every Christmas and every Thanksgiving for nearly 20 years, he was at our home. Became very dear, very close to me. And uh, so when he, when he got saved, I remember I was preaching for Mike Wells, Brother Mike Wells in uh, 
it was Tennessee, it's north west corner trying to think of the town I could think of it it's a small town but anyway Mike Wells was there he's in uh, Mesquite Texas now but I was preaching a revival but they had rode with me I never forget I, uh, my wife called me and said there's a there's a there's a girl a lady trying to get a hold of Brother Ed she says that she's his daughter it's snowing I, I can remember it like yes it's snowing in Tennessee I mean heavy snow and so I said Brother Ed I need to talk to you he said, what is it? He was standing out. I had a prophet's chamber. And he was standing in another room. I said, uh, my wife said that there's a lady looking for you, and she's your daughter. Do you have a daughter? He'd never said a word about this. You could have, he saw a ghost. He said, I have a daughter. I said, Brother Ed, you never mentioned it. He said, I'll have to tell you the story. He told me the story, the hurt that he went through. just unbelievable. I said, I'm so sorry. I never knew I said, well, she'd like for you to call her. And uh, here's her number. He looked at the number. He took it. And I remember him standing at a glass double door like we have right here. And he's standing there. He's looking out. And the snow's coming down. And tears are running down his face. He called her. They talked for a long time. And uh, she wound up flying down. He led her to Christ. She got saved. I mean, I put, you know, put them daughters, uh, dad back together and hadn't seen her since she was a little girl. I forget the age. She was real little. And it was just really sweet. Well, anyway, what I'm getting to is, but the dad uh, calls me. He says, preacher, he said, uh, my mother, because he ain't saw his mother in years, but he went flew up there and saw her after all of that and got, got that fixed. But anyway, they said she only got a few months to live. She's got cancer. She's got a few months to live. He said, I'm going to go up there. I want you to pray that she'll get saved. I said, I'll be glad to do that. I'll be praying for her. The church will be praying for you. So we hung up. And just, I, you know, just thinking. And uh, started praying for Brother Ed. And it's like the Lord said, you know, you ought to go with him. I said, Lord, that is 15 hours. <laughs> I got a lot going on. And so I kind of brushed that off. You know, you ever brush that one off, buddy? And so I was praying for Brother Ed for that trip. He was going to go see his mom. And I prayed again. And the Lord said, you ought to go with him. Lord, that's 15 hours there, 15 hours back. I mean, it's going to be a killer. And, you know, I'm busy. I mean, she ain't the only person lost in the world. And so I told Brother Ed, I said, Brother Ed, I don't understand it, but I, I was prayed about this. And I think the Lord wants me to go with you. He said, you going to go with me? I said, yeah. He said, really? I said, yeah, we'll, we'll drive up there, take turns, all that stuff. And uh, so sure enough, man, we loaded up and we took off. We got there. We go inside. I could, she had a little bitty house and just a cute little, modest little house. We go in and we, do, you know, you sit down, you do the little small talk. And this is my preacher and he come with me to help me drive and all that. And then she said, y'all want anything to drink? Said, man, we could use some coffee. So she gets up and she goes to make coffee. It's a little, little bitty kitchen. And uh, I tell Brother Ed, I go, did y'all read my lips? Stay right here. So I get up and follow her in the kitchen. She's got this little bitty table. It's part of it's against the wall. You got a chair, 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 and then the wall. You follow me? So she's got the coffee pot there. She sits here. I sit there, and I start witnessing to her. 
and she gets saved. It's like, you know, like 15 minutes, boom, she gets saved. And we laughed about it all the way home. She said, he said, my mother really liked you. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so she got saved about two months later. We get a call. She died. Brother Ed said, Mom died. I said, man, I'm sorry, but I'm glad she got saved. Yeah, she was saved. I said, Brother Ed, I think the Lord wants me to go back. Said, you going to go back? I said, yeah, I preached a funeral. <laughs> Drove another 15 hours back. You know, just a willingness to go out of your way. A willingness to go out of your way. That's, that's, that's the ministry, okay? I get that, okay? That's, I get that. But that's, that's the Christian life. And, you know, and, and the Lord brings things our way, and we get irritated, we get aggravated, we get mad, we get upset, because this flesh doesn't really want to go out of the way. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Thank you for listening to Dan Carr Sr. preach a willingness to go out of our way. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.